Welcome to this week's episode of BusinessWise. This is a podcast series for entrepreneurs interested in expanding through learning and applying the management system discovered and developed by humanitarian philosopher and administrator, Mr. L. Ron Hubbard. The Russian author, Leo Tolstoy, as best as I understand it, meant for his great novel, War and Peace, not to be regarded as a novel at all, but as a philosophic work. I'm not going to pretend to be a literary expert, and I have never actually read the book, but that is my understanding. One thing we can establish for sure, the solution to war and peace is not to be found in that book. Witness the tremendous amount of conflict we see around us today in wars, large and small. You may have a few minor wars in your group or company, but trust me, no conflict is minor when it comes to a group because with each one, you have an infection within your organization that will fester and grow. Episode 31 of Volume 1, Groups and Agreement goes into this in a lot of detail. That's episode 31 of volume one of Business Wise. And if you've not heard that particular episode, you should give it a listen. And if you have, you, you might want to review it after we're done with today's episode. The bottom line is that true prosperity for all is achieved when the affinity and agreement and the level of communication within the group and between the group and their various publics are very, very high. And its success is endangered as these points are threatened or declined. And what brings those points down? Conflict. There's a law discovered by Mr. Hubbard and discussed in his landmark book, On the Mind, Dianetics, released May 9th, 1950, which he describes as, quote, the law of affinity, end quote. And I read it to you now. Quote, the law of affinity might be interpreted as the law of cohesion. Affinity might be defined as love, in both its meanings, deprivation of or absence of affection could be considered as a violation of the law of affinity. Man must be in affinity with man to survive. So that's the law of affinity. It's an interesting phenomenon uh, that man, no matter how cranky an individual is, the essence, the innate urge within that being is to have affinity with fellow man. That is the law of affinity. It is more natural to feel affinity or to desire, shall we say, affinity with one another than the reverse. And that is the law of affinity. Let's take the example of uh, Uncle Scrooge in A Christmas Carol. You know, that famous Scrooge. I mean, now we even use it as a term. He's a Scrooge. Here's a person who has no need for anyone, no desire for affinity with anyone. No one likes him, and he doesn't like anybody. And this seems to be a natural state of affairs, except take a look. The man's not happy, and he has his uh, reality adjusted through uh, the night. I guess that was Christmas Eve. It's been a long time since I read the story, but, uh, you know, he's visited by the three ghosts and so forth. And, uh, Scrooge. By George, at the end of it, he suddenly re-experiences a resurgence of affinity for fellow man. And look how much happier he is. Man wants to be in affinity with man. I don't care how much conflict's going on. There is a desire to be in affinity. That is a more natural condition. That is the law of affinity. Okay? Now, 
Uh, you may find this hard to believe when you see two people like, you know, looking daggers at each other. I've known and you've known probably brothers uh, and family members at each other's throat uh, to an unbelievable extent. And they've even, you know, when he's even said, you know, the, the greater the initial affinity experience between two people, the greater the conflict arises when they go out of affinity, because, of course, you've got a huge drop in affinity there. It is not a natural state of affairs. If you really plumb the bottom of each of the individuals involved in a conflict secretly, deep down in their hearts, they would like to be in affinity with the other person. And this is an important thing to remember, this law. And what we're going to discuss in the rest of this episode ties in tremendously with that. So what I want to say to you as a listener and uh, presumably an entrepreneur trying to get a group together and get something going, or maybe you have a fairly significant group going, if you see conflict within your group, handle it. Don't ignore it. Uh, but if you don't understand the mechanics of what underlies that conflict, you will fail to handle the conflict no matter what you do, because you'll be handling the wrong thing. You need to understand what causes conflict if you're going to resolve it. And the technology of how to resolve conflict is almost unknown by entrepreneurs in general, you know, both those who've been using the Hubbard Management System and those who haven't been. It's largely unknown. And even when known is, in my experience, rarely applied. There are listeners to this episode who are saying to themselves right now, I know what he's going to talk about, but I want those listeners to ask themselves this question. How often do they actually use this data to resolve conflict? They, they may know this data I'm about to give you in theory, but are they actually applying it? You can measure how much they're applying it by looking at how much conflict uh, surrounds them or how much conflict they're embroiled in. Okay, of course, some are more embroiled in conflict than others, but there's very few of us who don't have some conflict or another. And these conflicts are resolvable if you understand what we're about to cover in this uh, week's episode. All this to say, there's no piece of technology from Mr. Hubbard that I have ever observed to be more frighteningly ignored. And yet this technology is more vital to the hopes and dreams of anyone hoping to get onward with life and with success than almost any other technology we could teach you. Now, so this is part two of the three-part series I'm doing on justice. And while you may or may not see its immediate association with that subject, uh, you will by the end of episode three. You will certainly get it all come together for you. If you haven't listened to episode one yet and you're listening to today's episode, which is episode two, don't worry. You'll be just fine with this episode. But do go back and listen to episode one after you're done with this one. Okay. All this to say you really need this data, what I'm covering today to understand and handle justice. And this will be made very, very clear to you when we get to the next in this series, number three. So let's dig into this. The article from Mr. Hubbard is dated 26 December 1968 and is entitled The Third Party Law. So Mr. Hubbard starts the article with this. He says, I have for a very long time studied the causes of violence and conflict amongst individuals and nations. If Chaldea could vanish, if Babylon turn to dust, if Egypt could become a badlands, if Sicily could have 160 prosperous cities and be a looted ruin before the year zero and a near desert ever since, and all this in spite of all the work and wisdom and good wishes and intent 
of human being, then it must follow as the dark follows sunset, that something must be unknown to man concerning all his works and ways, and that this something must be so deadly and so pervasive as to destroy all his ambitions and his chances long before their time. Such a thing would have to be some natural law, unguessed at by himself. So you hear now from Mr. Hubbard, hey, look at what we're covering here is not a nice to know. This is the difference between the persistence of a group, organization, or culture and its ultimate demise. This factor we're covering, this factor, and I said it's frighteningly not applied. It is true. It's frightening. <laughs> you know, particularly when you have a group that is supposed to unite around a common purpose that is going to benefit all of mankind. For there to be existing any conflict within that organization or group, obviously, is weakening a very essential movement, and therefore, these things must and should be confronted and resolved by using this knowledge, this technology that we're covering today. So, you know, before you dismiss what we're covering today, just take a look. Make, you might even do this little drill. Make a list of any and all conflicts that you might have uh, around you ones that you may be involved in or ones that impede your own survival. You know, maybe you're not immediately involved with the conflict, but you see the conflict occurring and, it, and you're not doing anything to resolve it. These conflicts are weakening your group. These conflicts are weakening your culture, your, your, your movement. These are important things to confront and deal with. And they're actually very simple to deal with if you understand uh, the material that we're covering today. Okay, Mr. Herbert says, and there is such a law, apparently, that answers these conditions of being deadly, unknown, and embracing all activities. Look at Mr. Hubbard's choices of words. Deadly. He's using the word deadly. That, you know, goes along with the word death. So death of cultures, death of society, civilizations, groups, organizations, companies. This law we're about to cover immediately addresses that. All right. So he says, the law would seem to be, and then he puts this in all capital letters, which is, of course, to emphasize that this is a law. A third party must be present and unknown in every quarrel for a conflict to exist. That's the law. A third party must be present and unknown in every quarrel for a conflict to exist. You see a conflict? Know this. There is a third party hidden, unknown, that is involved with perpetuating that conflict. Just know that it's a law. So he goes on and he rephrases it. Or, Mr. Hubbard's words, or, all capitals, for a quarrel to occur, an unknown third party must be active in producing it between two potential opponents. Or, all capital letters, Again, while it is commonly believed to take two to make a fight, a third party must exist and must develop it for actual conflict to occur. You think it takes two to make a fight? Doesn't. Takes three. There is a hidden third party influence unknown to the parties that are about to come to blows or never speak to each other again or never have anything to do with each other again. And never, you know, this sort of nonsense has been perpetrated causatively by a hidden third party. One of the things, uh, of course, that you can observe about truth 
is that truth makes bad things go away. I mean, that's a bad paraphrase. I am reserving. Uh, we are coming up to episode 100 of uh, Business Wise, which is going to be quite a big deal. And uh, I plan to make that episode on the subject of truth because it's a very big subject and it's a very freeing subject and it's a very important subject. Um, but in the meanwhile, let's just say this, you know, if you see a persistence of conflict, uh, no matter what anybody is saying, there is untruth connected with that conflict. And part of that untruth is that there is a hidden third party uh, involved that is uh, creating that conflict. Why? Because the natural law of affinity is not being permitted to operate. You know, those two are fighting, they're communicating. They're, it, 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 to some extent, they are trying to do what? Get back into affinity, but they can't. Why? Because there are unknown factors involved. There are untruths connected with it, the chief one being that there's someone creating it. And so the fight or conflict continues and just escalates. So Mr. Harvard goes on to say this. He says, it is very easy to see that two in conflict are fighting. They are very visible. What is harder to see or suspect is that a third party existed and actively promoted the quarrel. The usually unsuspected and, quote, reasonable, end quote, third party. You know, sometimes these people are very reasonable. You know, they're making all kinds of sense about how Joe is really such a loser. And, you know, what about this? And what about that? And, you know, look at what he did in his last job. And, you know, and did you hear what Mary said about him? And you need to include that in your, you know, evaluation of the dude. And this guy is uh, building maybe a very reasonable case as to why uh, the other guy's uh, the bad hat. But then, of course, what you don't realize is that he's doing the same thing with that other guy about you. Okay, or the person, the other person involved in the conflict. So he says the usually unsuspected and quote reasonable end quote third party, the bystander who denies any part of it, is the one who brought the conflict into existence in the first place. So there they are. They're, oh no, 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 I have nothing to do with that. I don't get involved with that kind of thing. Oh yeah, they do. <laughs> oh yeah, they do. In fact, if I hear someone, you know, advertising broadly how they don't get involved with any conflict and I'm not involved is this is just personal, but I often use that as kind of a, a little indicator that I should look into that person. Oh, yeah, you're not involved, huh? Let me see. Okay. So goes on to say this, Mr. Harper does. The hidden third party, seeming at times to be a supporter of only one side, is to be found as the instigator. This is a useful law on in many aspects of life. It is the cause of war. This is Mr. Hubbard. It is the cause of war. One sees two fellows shouting bad names at each other, sees them come to blows. No one else is around, so they, of course, quote, cause the fight, end quote. But there was a third party. Tracing these down, one comes upon incredible data. Now, incredible, if you look at the derivation of the word incredible, it means hard to believe. Credit is uh, derived from the Latin word for to believe. So incredible means hard to believe or have, right? So he says, tracing these down, one comes upon incredible data. That is the trouble. The incredible is too easily rejected. One way to hide things is to make them incredible. That was Mr. Harper, right? And then he gives an example. Clerk A and Messenger B have been arguing. They blaze into direct conflict. Each blames the other. Neither one is correct, and so the quarrel does not resolve since its true cause is not established. One looks into such a case thoroughly. All capital letters, Mr. Hubbard uses the word thoroughly. Now, I have done 
my share of these third-party investigations. And I can tell you, it's a very well-chosen term by Mr. Hubbard because you you ask somebody, say, well, like, who's been speaking bad to you about Joe Smith over here? And he's nobody. It's an observable fact. Joe Smith is a total dog. It's my own idea. No one ever talked to me about this. Blah, 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 blah. And it's not true. Okay? You got to dig. You got to be thorough. And you got to be a little bit sly yourself because the person who is hidden has been slyly hiding themselves. Okay? So, well, what about so-and-so? And what about so-and-so? And when did you start feeling this way about him? And uh, did anybody talk to you about him? And, you know, with people that uh, I'm doing this sort of investigation with, I go over these references from Mr. Hubbard. If they trust Mr. Hubbard, they're going to really look. And they will find it. He says, uh, one looks into such a case thoroughly. He finds the incredible. The wife of Clerk A has been sleeping with Messenger B and complaining alike to both about the other. So there you have an example. He gives a larger example here. This is interesting. He says, Farmer J and Rancher K have been tearing each other to pieces for years in continual conflict. There are obvious logical reasons for the fight, yet it continues and does not resolve. A close search finds Banker L, who, due to their losses in the fighting, is able to loan each side money while keeping the quarrel going, and who will get their lands completely if both lose. So this is one of the interesting things about a third party. It's a, a variant of it, but very often the third party benefits from the conflict. You know, you got all these uh, war weaponry manufacturers and so forth. Of course they want conflict. They want war. That's the way they, uh, they do their business. So you can logically assume that there's some third party coming from those quarters, and that would be a good place to start looking. But you got to be thorough. Don't forget about that. All right? He says it goes larger. The revolutionary forces and the Russian government were in conflict in 1917. The reasons are so many, the attention easily sticks on them, but only when Germany's official state papers were captured in World War II was it revealed that Germany had promoted the revolt and financed Lenin to spark it off, even sending him into Russia in a blacked-out train. You probably read about that in your high school history lessons that Lenin was sent in uh, to basically foment the conflict. He says one looks over, quote, personal, end quote, quarrels, group conflicts, national battles, and one finds, if he searches, the third party, unsuspected by both combatants, or, if suspected at all, brushed off as, quote, fantastic, end quote. No, it couldn't possibly be my mother-in-law. She loves me. Or, you know, my mother would never say anything to me that would cause problems for me in my life. You know what? Get with it. Look, you know, confront. I'm not saying mother-in-laws are, I'm not trying to uh, pigeonhole mother-in-laws at all, but it, it, I'm just saying uh, it can be your best friend. I oh, know that's impossible. Eh, don't be so sure, right? Look, be willing to confront. What you need is truth, and truth will resolve all. And truth includes that there is a third hidden party involved with the conflict that is fomenting that conflict. And that is why the natural law of affinity does not uh, come about. It does not enact because it can't, because there's untruths, there's lies. And uh, we'll cover this uh, in more detail in the next episode, because um, there is more to know about this. But uh, I just want to introduce you to this law. And all I'm really asking you to do is be aware of the mechanics <clears throat> that if you do have a conflict 
uh, that is not resolving, that the natural law of affinity does not uh, enact itself. You don't, uh, you are not able to resolve these things through uh, communication and all efforts to try and uh, clear things up. Well, there's a reason for that. There's a hidden third party. There's an untruth connected with that, and that is that there is a third party hidden that is, uh, could be apparently only on one person's side, but it's actually uh, imparting information to each of the two sides such that the other is um, a problem or bad or uh, evil in some way. And this is never going to clear up until that third party is found. Okay, it could be in your group. It could be between two of your employees. It could be between your company and another company or your company and a supplier. Or it could be between a client and you or your customers or there's all manner of conflict that could be out there. And when you see that conflict and it's not resolving, not clearing up, realize there is a hidden third party and then be very, very thorough in researching this. And there is more to know about it. Uh, you should read the article in its entirety if you have access to it, obviously. And uh, there's a couple of more references by Mr. Hubbard on detection of third party. Uh, but for right now, why don't you just take some conflict and do a little searching and researching and be thorough. And uh, you will be very, very pleasantly surprised. Once you have done this once or twice, you become a believer in this. And you'll start using it more often. Anyway, we're going to build on this with next week's episode. But for now, welcome to the third party law, a vital element in our discussion of justice, as you will discover in my third part of this series. Um, that's it for today. Thank you very much for listening to this episode. Bit of good news. We just passed the 100,000 downloads mark. Last week, which was pretty unbelievable to me, frankly, never expected the uh, business-wise to be as uh, listened to as it is. I want to thank all the listeners for listening and uh, following business-wise. It's truly an honor and not to be corny, but it is. It's an honor and it's a privilege to serve you and provide you information that I have so many of you writing back to us telling us how it's been helping you, how your businesses are expanding and uh, you're achieving higher and higher levels of success despite some of the challenges we've been facing in the last couple of years. I am really, really gratified and so is my uh, whole team here uh, that you are getting so much benefit from these episodes. So thank you very much for listening and do send us your feedback, info at wiseeastus.org or uh, you can, of course, give us a like and leave us your comments. We love reading them, and it does encourage us to keep going. And uh, there you have it. So until next week, uh, for our third installment on the subject of justice, have a very, very productive week. Thank you for listening.